Let me tell you something. It is not the KNC Masterpiece. It is a day after Christmas special edition. Chris Arnold, Joey Erickson, and Justin Honore holding it down live and local right here for all the Tolos. You, you, and you at 105.3 The Fan. We know you're out and about. We know you might be just doing nothing at all. You might actually have the day off legally, a legal holiday, the day after Christmas. Then again, you might be working. It's a gig economy. Everybody's out and about. Give us a text at the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053. Let us know what you got going on, how you spent your holiday weekend, and are you happy? Did your teams win? Did you get what you wanted for Christmas? We want to know all those little things you got going on again because we can't thank you enough for allowing us to ride shotgun with you and you and you. And by the way, the weather forecast for the Dallas-Fort Worth area, oh, your grid's not going to freeze today. It ain't going to happen. Hi, today's going to be in the mid-50s. How you doing, Joey? I'm doing fantastic. It's been uh, it's been a beautiful weekend. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas to all the Tolos out there. It's a pleasure to be with you this afternoon. It's going to be a, a lot of fun, and uh, we're going to get into some things. And I think most people in the Metroplex will be happy with uh, the amount of wins we got this weekend. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And by the way, next segment coming up in about 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes, we're going to get into Dirk's statue. Someone actually texted in, what does the statue look at look like? They haven't seen it yet. All they remember is what they saw, that little bitty model <laughs> at, at, at halftime at the game. And everybody scared to death when that top came off, the curtain came off of the statue. And how many basketballs would Dirk be shooting? One. Thank God! <laughs> it was one. Because everybody's holding their breath saying, please don't mm-hmm. let it be multiple balls. Please don't let it be multiple balls. 877-881-1053. Justin, how you doing, buddy? You have a good weekend? Yeah, it was a good holiday. Can't complain. Glad you're holding it down to the Pimp Cup. By the way, Lucius was at the Mavericks game with me yesterday. Lucius sent his son. Shout out to Lucius because he is the original producer, board op, who named the Pimp Cup. They were talking about the control room in there. The Pimp Cup, holding those gators down. For those who don't know, in that room back there, anything can happen. It is not the fault of the producer. It could be buffering. See, this was before the pandemic even hit, when people didn't know about Zoom and buffering and things like that. They're like, man, what's going on on the air? There's a glitch. Ain't got nothing to do with the guy pushing the buttons or mashing the buttons like they do in the elevator back in the day, mashing the buttons. It's the buffering. It's the Wi-Fi. And Justin's back there holding it down. We cannot thank you enough for doing what you do, man. Um, From the 817, out here shutting down roads, still toloing. Shutting down the roads. What you got going on, dog? Let me know. 877-881-1053. Uh, 817 says, CA, understand the comments on Brunson and agree, but why did the Knicks uh, lose the draft pick? The Knicks had to give up all their draft picks. I was talking about this in the crosstalk. For those, let me just be real quick. Jalen Brunson signed with the Knicks. They created cap space to sign Jalen Brunson, and they were going after Donovan Mitchell as well. And by the way, uh, he was talking about losing their draft picks. Yeah, they did this uh, nefariously. They were tampering, and last week the league admitted, yes, the Knicks were tampering, and they had to give up a second-round draft pick. In the NBA, that ain't about nothing. That ain't going to slow any teams down from tampering. And if they were if they were really serious about this, I was reading different articles that came out about this situation, and well, was it worth it for the Knicks? Hell yeah. For any other team, it's probably going to be worth it if you're going after a big boy. One of the things about tampering, is it goes on all the time. You just can't hardly prove it. If you were to make the uh, fine a first-round pick, or maybe a pair of first-round picks, I think it might slow things down. Where it could get crazy 
let's say there's theoretically a situation, Joey, where you got an NBA playoff game going on, and one team was interested in a superstar player for the other team, and they're going against each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who's to say that the same kind of things that the Knicks were doing to the Dallas Mavericks, talking to Jalen Brunson, talking to his dad. I was at the game. I was at the Mavericks uh, preseason game, or not preseason, playoff game with the Mavericks playing the Utah Jazz, and all these Knicks officials came in. That one game. Even Julius Randle was there. I was like, what? Even Dennis Smith Jr., <laughs> former Maverick, former Nick, he was, I was like, what is it? Worldwide West was there. He was just the GM. The, the Leon uh, Rose, the GM, was there. I was like, what the hell? JB's dad was there. And next thing you know, he's an assistant coach. All this stuff added up to tampering. And they find that they slapped their wrist. Is it going to slow anybody down? I don't think so. But can you imagine a situation mm-hmm. where, let's say, name it. Oh, let, let's say it's the Mavericks. Let's say uh, you got Christian Wood and you're going against the Phoenix Suns. And the Phoenix Suns want Christian Wood. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if they just got him? And it affected the game because Christian Wood said, well, you know what? I'm Not that Phoenix. he would do this, but, <laughs> you know, it's it probably my mm-hmm. best interest. I, you know, you who knows? It's too much pressure. It causes too much consternation. It causes too many theoreticals. Well, and if you don't make the price high enough, it, it's almost like legal to do it in, in some some fashion because if you're not going to make the price, uh, you know, high enough, teams are going to be like, yeah, we'll give up the second round pick. It's Why not? It. Because especially in, you know, an NBA draft, it's only two rounds. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time you only have maybe five to eight guys. If you're lucky that, you know, you think are going to be true, you know, all NBA players, sometimes only three we've seen in, in recent NBA drafts. So it, some teams will take that risk to have a starting caliber player right now on their team. And yeah. You got you got to at some point probably make it a first round pick. Yeah, I think, I, I think address that. Uh, it's trending that way. When they get the summer meetings, whenever they get the league meetings, they need to go on ahead and talk about that. Maybe during the All Star break. Two one four says just a thought. Find a first round draft pick once the contract is over. Could be a super high pick by that point. That make it stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by the end of the guy's contract. Depending on how much value he adds yeah. to that team, make him pay for it. Uh, 254 says, chilling, listen to CA and company. The CA's company is Justin uh, Honore and Joey Erickson. Justin Honore on the ones and twos. And my boy, Joey Erickson, right here in the studio, not in the pimp cup. And Joey, I'm going to tell you something. They let me out. I've always said this. Low-key, haven't I said this? I said it on the air and I said mm-hmm. it behind the scenes. I said, Joey. You know a lot about hockey. This is true. You're going to be our <laughs> hockey insider outside of the hockey hawk himself, Jack Gavin Spittle, because you know too much about hockey. In fact, let's go ahead and give everybody your props on this hockey because we're going to talk about the Stars mm-hmm. a little bit later in the show. Give the, Everybody who loves the Dallas Stars, go Stars, go. We're going to give you the insight because the Stars, I truly believe they may be headed for the Stanley Cup, uh, not just the playoffs, but the finals. And I got some logic mm. behind this. <laughs> and I want you to tell me how. By the way, okay. they're the last local team to go that far they to are. the finals. Yeah, they went to the bubble the cup. Super Bowl. Yes, they did. They <laughs> went to the bubble cup. People forget about this. This mm-hmm. was only two years ago. Yeah. No, it, two years from being mm-hmm. in the Stanley Cup finals where they could have won the whole damn thing. Right? Yeah, a couple of games away. So uh, I'm excited to hear your logic, and, and we're going to chop it up uh, about what this Dallas Stars team can hopefully do uh, coming in the coming months, especially in April, and, and maybe some trade deadline decisions. Uh-huh. There's some there's some players on my radar that I'm hoping maybe the, the Stars will go out and get. So uh, we'll get into all that. So let me go ahead and mm-hmm. give you your props here. 
this is how I knew that you knew your hockey stuff. All right, so you grew up in Richardson. Went to Richardson, Berkner? No, I went to Plano East. I'm sorry, Plano East, but yeah. you grew up in Richardson. Uh, correct, yeah. Why me and Zach Wolchuk have that rivalry. Zach Wolchuk, uh, a Plano senior. I'm Plano East. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we got that little but, heated But you rivalry. grew up in Richardson? Correct. How you wind up in Plano then? Uh, I'm Far East Richardson. Ah, like, I districts. mean, Like, yeah, Plano ISD. So, got it, yeah. got mm-hmm. it. All right, so you, you grew up watching the stars. And then how in the world you wind up at St. Cloud College up there in Minnesota? Yeah, St. Cloud State. Go Huskies, by the way. Um, for those who don't know, mm-hmm. he does not have any love for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. <laughs> yes. He just yes. was up there going to school. Now, why were you up there? Uh, it was for broadcasting, believe it or not. They have a good school up there for mm-hmm. uh, TV and radio. It's a smaller school. Uh, it's about an hour north of the cities, uh, the Twin Cities. And uh, and I wanted to watch you know, Division One hockey. You know, a lot of people grow up, especially here in the state of Texas, they want to go to big Texas football school, like your A&M, your yeah. Texas. I wanted to I wanted to go see Division One hockey at a high so level. So why was this? So, I, I just, my you want to be sport. different? Yeah, I, maybe. Is I your just, family I hockey family? Unique. I'm yeah. just trying to do these things. Yeah, yeah. My, you know, my dad, that was the first sport I was introduced to. At, you know, two and a half, uh, I started playing, and then, I, you know, I grew up just loving it, and I had a lot of great experiences in the great white north i'm glad to be back though because i do not want to deal with any of the weather they are facing right now like negative 20 windshields and stuff like that yeah no one no one wants to mess with that so i'm happy to be back in the metroplex uh thawing out from my four years there so thursday and friday around here was nothing to you no no i uh, oh you that don't tell me out there in shorts and flip-flops well i usually come into the studio with uh shorts uh, shorts on and alec medford has he thinks I'm crazy, but uh, I tell him I usually wear it because I do not want to sweat in here. All right. I have introduced or I have been succumbed in that pimp cup sweating. Really? Yes. With long pants on. And I tell myself I'm never going to do it again. I have to have You've my been in on. Minnesota too long, son. You're welcome mm-hmm. back to Texas. Thank you. I appreciate and that. And by the way, I appreciate all the, uh, the things that you have done over the mm-hmm. last few years. We're going to Pick your brain, I promise you. And by the way, let me say this right now. The Stars won on Friday night. Do you remember mm-hmm. the score? They did, 4-2. to two. The Cowboys won on Saturday night. The Dallas Mavericks, I say Saturday night because by the, by the, by the time we got to yesterday afternoon, uh, the Dallas Mavericks had won it as well. And I only bring this up because those are the three big sports playing right now. The Rangers, it's the stovepipe season. That's right, you know, it's offseason, stovepipe. Uh, those, three, those three teams, they won. The previous weekend, everybody's all bummed out because all three teams lost, but not only lost, they lost in overtime. So it was a very happy holiday weekend for people who love the Stars, people who love the Cowboys, people who love the Dallas Mavericks. Now, I said in the next segment, we're going to do some Mavericks and we're going to get into Mm -hmm. that Dirk statue and the whole nine yards. But we got to talk about some Cowboys. And by the way, later in the show, we're going to have R.J. Ochoa from Blogging with the Boys. He's going to talk about the Big, Cow- Big Cowboys win. Uh, we're also going to power rank the Cowboys versus the rest of these NFL teams. We're going to go around the NFL. we got a former Cowboy starter who plays for another team out for the rest of the damn year. Tore up some knee ligaments. I'm not even going to tell you his name. You have to Google it up unless you want to stick around. I advise you to Tolo. If you're new to town and you don't know what a Tolo is, that means turn it on, leave it on, listener. We appreciate all those guys and girls who do that. Got a CA Stories Confidential coming up a little bit later. And we're going to also break down the cow or break down the NFL playoff picture as we speak. Now, on that Cowboys game, mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends who are Cowboy fans, and I actually tweeted this out back in September. And Joey and uh, 
just you can tell me if you fall in this category. 877-811053. I tweeted this one question out and got like 7,000 likes and thousands of responses. The question was simple. How many, of there we, how many of you out there will admit that you have a toxic relationship with the Dallas Cowboys? And all these hands started going up and likes and the comments mm-hmm. were stuff like, I do and I've tried to quit them. <laughs> I can't let them go. They always bring you back, fellas. The boys will always bring you back, especially like uh, like that game on Saturday. You know, you mentioned after the Jaguars game in the post game show about how you usually don't ride that roller coaster anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of you try to distance yourself. You yeah. don't want to break your heart. Yeah, and I've kind of somewhat gotten to that point over the last you know four or five years, especially at this point in the season where they've kind of locked up their playoff spot. It's like okay, yes, the games matter. Hopefully, seeding this year mm-hmm. doesn't really seem that that's going to be the case. It doesn't seem like they can really improve their seating they're pretty much locked in at that five spot so now it's what can you do for me when it matters right but that the the Saturday game against Eagles was great because it, it always seems like it matters that rivalry and, and no matter what team uh, no matter how the teams are looking especially it kind of lo- lost some luster with Jalen Hurts being out for the Eagles but you know Gardner Minshew played incredible he Man. was rolling uh, if he won that game, I'm sorry, Dak, you were going to get destroyed if Gardner oh, yeah. outplayed you and beat you in Jerry World. That was going to be really, really bad and not going to be fun on Twitter. So it was it was a good deal that Prescott was able to sling it around and, and get that victory. You mentioned Gardner mm-hmm. I mean, Let me go ahead and give him his props right quick here. Literally, he would not stay in the pocket. He befuddled mm-hmm. the Cowboys' defense because he would either roll out or he'd keep backing up, or he'd throw it quickly, but he was not going to stay in the damn pocket. Meanwhile, Dak Prescott, the first pick six right out the gate, that mm-hmm. just drove a lot of people crazy. Like mm-hmm. I said, my my phone just, my texts were just blowing up. Friends going, oh, my God, I'm just losing their damn minds. And, of course, nobody said a word to me after the game. They're just like, oh, yeah, Dak, oh yeah I guess Dak did play well. I'm going to tell you this. Mike McCarthy said it best after the game. Dak Prescott, a lot of quarterbacks, after that pick six, they might have went into a shell. Mm -hmm. Dak didn't just play conservative. No, he didn't. He did a lot of things. He was resilient. In fact, that must be his new last name. Yeah, I I think, you know, uh, I don't know how else to say it. That's who he is. I mean, adversity is something that he's for lunch. Um, I mean, he's. He, he doesn't blink, and, and, and that's such a huge part. I think it's a huge part of, you know, to be successful in group dynamics. When you work with, you know, people in a, in a large setting like this and, and you got a bunch of guys that are up and down, you know, based on the day, I mean, that, that's very difficult. I mean, it's very difficult. This guy, he Dak's the same person every day, in the fire, at practice, in, in the class. So, um, yeah, I just think it speaks volumes of, his approach. I mean, he puts in on. You talk about another guy that guy puts in tremendous amount of extra time, and so I mean, he's you know he 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 believes himself and he believes in his team, and he wears it on his sleeve. So if this team is to do anything in the playoffs, fellas, it's real simple. It's going to be on the quarterback because everybody always blames the quarterback, and he's going to have to lift the team one way or the other anyway, right? If he goes down, they go down. If he goes up, they go up. But his resiliency, and that's what showed up to me. In the, in the game against the Texans, first the defense mm-hmm. gets the stop. And then they said, the odds maker said, 
that the Texans had an 81% chance of winning that game from that point on with three minutes left in the game. Dak marches them down the field going six for six, 98 yards. We're going back to the Texans game. And so when everybody was like complaining about the game, yeah, they got lucky. And I was like, let me take what I took from that game. I took the fact that they didn't quit. Yeah. That they actually mm-hmm. did a sit. I said, you know what that does for this team that they know that they can do that into the playoffs? Seriously. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to go through some adversity to know anybody's great in the foxhole when things are going great. If you're always ahead, what happens when you get some adversity? So to me, I saw something there. I remember, I'm the same guy that picked them to win only eight games this year. <laughs> Going mm-hmm. into the season, they say, how many games? You know, preseason picks. How many games? I said, eight games. The way they retooled this team in the offseason, they, mm-hmm. they lost a lot of talent. I don't see them doing anything. And guess what? Dak Prescott gets hurt in the first game, and they show two things that you can't see on paper and analytics. Character and chemistry. Mm-hmm. And going into the character, that's that resiliency. Chemistry is they all get along and they believe in each other. You don't hear a bunch of guys side mouth. Uh, sources on the side say this team really acts like the defense doesn't trust the offense. You don't hear none of that stuff. So we don't know what they're going to do to the playoffs. And there's a lot of fans, and I understand it, because, again, they break your heart on the regular, like last year. They won 12 games and still broke your damn heart in the playoffs against 49ers. All I got to say is this. You'll find out in the playoffs what they're made out of, but these are signs that they got stuff, the intangibles, to get it done. Will they get it done? We'll find out. Coming up next, somebody that got it done, Dirk Nowitzki. Oh, yeah, they were doubting him until he won that championship. He was no good. He was the soft Euro until he won that championship, and now they got a statue out front. We're going to go into the statue ceremony and that big win over LeBron and the Lakers. We're going to hear from LeBron, Dirk, and Luka, and Cuban next on 105.3 The Fan. 105.3 The Fan, Chris Arnold, Joey Erickson, and Justin Honore. Live and local for you on the day after Christmas. That's right. In England, they call it Packing Day. Did you know that? Um, I did not. Google it up. Okay. Packing Day. I, I have to figure out, in fact, why you okay. Google that up and explain what Packing Day really is. I'm going to remind everybody we're going to talk about Dirk's statue. We're going to talk about the Dallas Mavericks in about 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, and it is the day after Christmas. Tolos, we appreciate y'all so much. We are live and local for you and you and you. 877-81-1053. That's the truckwreck.com text line. We appreciate all the texts you've been sending in. And you know, we are the home of the Cowboys, home of the Rangers. And since we are the home of the Cowboys, every Tuesday normally with the KNC Masterpiece, about this time, actually let's say Tuesday, so Monday, we have Mickey Spagnola. And I think we have Mickey Spagnola on the, no, not quite yet. We're going to have the Mickey Did you look up Packing Day? Uh, I'm trying to find it. Um, Was it buffering on you? Uh, I just see it says Packing Day is a fun day where volunteers gather to pack thousands of Christmas boxes across Australia to support families going through it. That's in Australia. That's in Australia. I'm trying to find. Packing Day, England. Packing Day, England. Because that's where it originated. I think that's where they bring back their presence. I I could be wrong. It's been a while since I thought about it. But by the way, if you're celebrating Packing Day, because we are on odyssey.com, that's the app that you can hear worldwide. We appreciate you so much worldwide. Appreciate you. Uh, By the way, Sean and RJ and Bobby Belt will be back tomorrow morning. Uh, KNC Masterpiece will be back tomorrow morning and midday. And then tomorrow afternoon, you will have the G-Bag Nation back tomorrow. By the way, this afternoon, you have Will Chambers and Brian Broaddus 
And again, we've got Mickey Spagnola joining us right now. By the way, you have the packing day answer? Uh, well, my dad just texted in. It's actually Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Boxing Day. There which we is go. a holiday celebrated after Christmas, occurring on the second day of the Christmas tide. And it originated to give gifts to the poor. Today, Boxing Day is primar- primarily known as a shopping day. Of there course. So. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Erickson. We <laughs> always appreciate the love and the back and forth. And he is a Tolo, too. It is the day after Christmas. It is two days after the Cowboys' big win over the Philadelphia Eagles. And joining us, as usual, is Cowboys Insider from DallasCowboys.com. My longtime buddy, Mick Spagnoli. How you doing, Mick? Chris, what's going on? Man, did you have a very Merry Christmas? I know a lot of Dallas Cowboys and Cowboys staff did. Uh, well... We worked on Christmas Eve, we had Christmas off, and now we're back at it since they've got a Thursday night game coming up. So we're only, what, four days away, three days away from the next game. So, Mikaru, it is a short week. What is the schedule out there at the ranch? Yeah, yesterday was Monday. I said the ranch, the star. Yeah, (laughs) yesterday was Monday, today's probably Wednesday, so... Uh, back at it. We got locker room here in uh, at eleven o'clock. Press conference at three, and I'm sure they'll have a short uh, kind of walk through practice, and then um, get the you know biggest practice they'll have on Tuesday, and you head to Nashville on Wednesday. Okay, so tomorrow I'm gonna zip out there and do a Cowboys player profile. What time is locker room open tomorrow? Like one thirty? Have not seen that yet. But dun, I dun, would dun. imagine it's a more normal day uh, for a week, not a normal Tuesday, but probably a normal Thursday. That's what I'm hoping as well. I'm crossing my fingers. I got a crazy schedule for tomorrow. By the way, the Mavericks taking on the Knicks tomorrow night, and back to the Dallas Cowboys, Mickaroo, and the Mavericks. I bring up the Mavericks because there was a lot of Cowboys at the game yesterday, including Ezekiel Elliott, CD Lamb. Micah Parsons, uh, Trayvon Diggs, I saw those guys. Micah's hand is swollen. Have you seen his hand? Have you heard anything about his hand? Uh, I have not. All right, well, as soon as you get a chance to, ask somebody or look around because his hand seemed it seemed larger than normal. It seemed like he was wearing a glove, even though that was his hand. That was meat. Well, uh, you know, he just wrapped that thing up and goes. No time to sit out. Exactly. And he also, in that game, he was all over the place. I think he left it out on the field. Can you talk about how either well he played or how he was chasing down the quarterback the whole game? Yeah, sometimes uh, the stats don't indicate, uh, you know, his presence on the field mm-hmm. and, you know, and just what he uh, offers because, uh, I mean, it says three tackles. It also says no quarterback hits, but his pressure – uh, was pretty immense, especially on that uh, last drive uh, in the last set of downs. Uh, he was coming after Minshew pretty good, and I think he caused some of those early throws yeah. and throwaways, even though he didn't get to the quarterback. And, you know, this is uh, this is the life you live when you get into double-digit sacks in a single season. Uh, people are going to do everything they can uh, to make sure you don't get to the quarterback, and that includes helping out the, the you know the left tackle, putting a running back to that side, putting a tight end kind of, not not exactly right on tight to the tight to the um, tackle, but just far enough off that if you're trying to get an outside pass rush, uh, the tight end can help. So yeah, he's been getting double triple team pretty much these last three weeks. So. 
I, I know he doesn't, you know, has just the one sack in three games. That's the only sack the Cowboys have, by the way, in the last three games. And mm. uh, but he he's pretty relentless, and and I think and and he I thought he was doing a good job against the run, also, by the way. Mickey Spagnola joining us here on 105.3 The Fan. Mickey, I want to stick with the defense. They've given up over 30 points now the past couple of weeks. Uh, do you think maybe we overestimated this defense at the beginning of the season, or do you think that kind of injuries and whatnot are starting to catch up with them? Yeah, I think they're getting mm-hmm. diminishing returns uh, from the injuries. You lose two of your top three uh, cornerbacks. You lost your leading tackler for th- for this past game, Leighton Vander Esch. Uh, you know, ha- has to leave the field. Well, and, and you know, and he missed part of the other game too. Mm-hmm. So uh, you start dropping starters like that. Hankins is gone. Uh, he was helping with the run. Uh, they're hoping he gets back in time uh, for the playoff. They're hoping Vanderesh gets back in time, maybe for the uh, Washington game. Uh, but your other two guys, the corners, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, they're done for the season. So. Uh, yeah, it makes a difference when you don't have some prime uh, defensive players out on the field, and I think we're starting to see the diminishing returns uh, with the backups. Now, um, you know, you would you would hope that the pass rush could take over, and it just hasn't done it. I think yeah. teams are definitely scheming that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Minshew's able, without the pressure, be able to throw for, what, 355 yards? Yeah. Uh, so maybe this is an offensive team, right? Before it was mm-hmm. defensive when uh, Dak Prescott was out, but now with Dak back and, and you know, ever since the first game back, uh, you know, they've been scoring twenty at least 25 points a game. Uh, yeah, I know, think it's eight games in a row they've scored at least 25 points a game, and that's a team record. Well, uh, yeah, I think the last time they were short, it was 24 against Detroit. Woo. Uh, so, yeah, they've been pretty darn good, and they better continue to be pretty darn good to compensate for a defense that has been struggling. I mean, they struggled against Jacksonville, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they struggled to stop the run against Jacksonville, too, giving up 192 yards rushing. Uh, so if you look at this game, you know, the the only stops that, you know, and you don't, you know, you don't diminish this, but I was going to say until that final possession, that was the 10th possession uh, that Philadelphia had, uh, the other ones, they either scored or the Cowboys stopped them with a takeaway. They, they didn't stop them on downs one time until that last, da- and they were at the 19-yard line, right? Yeah. So darn good thing they uh, had kicked a field goal. Uh, because they were precariously close to losing that game if they could have scored a touchdown in those final seconds. Exactly. Now, you're sticking with the defense. Let's talk about Deron Bland because he had a pick in this game. He's got five on the season now. He's not an ultimate corner, and he's normally not even on the outside. Can you talk about his play and what Dan Quinn might be able to do and and all the different packages he could use with him? Well, you know – he initially, when they drafted him, was an outside corner. Okay. And that's kind of where, you know, he was uh, practicing. Uh, but he was also working as a backup in the slot. And then when Jordan Lewis went down, it was like, okay, Deron Bland, this is your job. Uh, and he had been playing the slot. Uh, and then this past game, it was like, okay, we're struggling on the outside. No Anthony Brown. 
Kelvin Joseph struggling. Who's our next best corner we have? Well, it's Deron Bland, right? He had over 400 snaps playing in slot corner. And they decided, okay, we're going to put him outside uh, to start the game. And then Mackenzie Alexander, who has been in his NFL career, a a slot corner. And they started off that way. And then they kind of rotated and said, I don't know about this. And they got Nashawn Wright in, and he started playing the left cornerback spot. And they moved Bland back inside. The the guy that struggled in the game was Diggs. Yeah, <laughs> shockingly. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he started guessing. Got mm-hmm. burned. Yeah, you know, and he gets burned yep. twice. You know, he he gets burned on, on on that opening one, and then on 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 one of the other ones, he came off his guy because he thought the ball was going uh, to, I believe it was the tight end. Right, and he jumped it. Right, and mm-hmm. his guy was wide wide open. open. So, yeah, they can't have that. You know, mm-hmm. if they're going to compensate in, in the slot and uh, or outside, he's got to be strong if he's going to be following somebody. Uh, and so, you know, he he can't make those mistakes. Um, and, you know, this this defense, you can't expect to score 40 points a game to be able to win. You know, they scored 34 against Jacksonville. Yeah, that should be enough to win the game, and and the defense gives up the thirty four. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's it's a little bit problematic right now. So uh, I would say you know offense, you know this is your life. If they're going to go anywhere uh, in this season, this offense needs to keep scoring thirty something a game at least. Well, uh, one of those keys on the offense was uh, you know T Y Hilton, <laughs> and obviously the big third and thirty catch. Uh, what did you think of T.Y. in his first game? Do you see him getting an increased role in this offense? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that they'll they'll work him in uh, some more. Um, you know, they had planned to give him 20, 30 snaps in the game. Uh, I think he, he might have got in the teens. Uh, I got to double-check that one. Uh, because, I mean, the guy hadn't played a football game since last January. Right. You know, it's been a year. Uh, so you don't want to send him out there and get him hurt. Uh, you know, and I was sitting here, and I wish I could show you my notes, uh, but it's third and 30, uh, and and I, I basically said out loud to myself, well, wouldn't you love to be the offensive coordinator to call this play, <laughs> right? Now, I don't think on that little sheet they got a third and 30 play prepared. Uh, it was almost like, okay, T.Y., we're putting you on the outside. You say you're fast. You just run to the red kettle on the opposite side of the field and look up, and we'll have Dak throw it as far as he can. And that's what happened. It was almost like playground football. The guy's got some speed, and he can still run uh, even if he's you know 33 years old. Uh, and he's been saying it for two weeks. And so I guess they gave him the opportunity, and that was after – he had burned them before and got a, a P.I. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, two really significant plays in the game because after that catch and the Cowboys go on to score, you know, the whole momentum of the of the game changed. So, yeah, I would imagine uh, seeing him in a few more uh, packages because uh, now teams realize exactly. they got to cover him, and that'll take mm-hmm. some pressure off C.D. Uh, and Michael Gallup if they got to worry about uh, as he said, and I didn't realize this, he uh, he pointed out last week 
that his nickname with the Colts was the Ghost. And it's like, well, why did they call you the Ghost? Because he said, one second I'm in front of you, and the next second I'm gone. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Got to love the guy. I love it. You know what I also love? I love the fact you just brought something up. This is what I've been preaching since, you know, they uh, traded away Amari Cooper. You've got to bring in a veteran presence that defensive coordinators have to account for. It's one thing to say, oh, we got this rookie. They'll always test a rookie. Or we've got this guy that's on the back of the bench on another team. They don't test those guys, but you have to – they might test them, rather, but they don't ever – they always have to account for a name until he doesn't show up anymore. I love the fact that T.Y. Hilton has showed up, which leads my next question and and final question before we get you out of here. Have you heard any more scuttlebutt about OBJ, or is that squash now? I think – Third and 30 squash that. Well. At least for this year. At least for this year. That's right. Because he can't come in and help him. No. It's, it's, it's theoretical anyway because we didn't know if he could even play until the playoffs anyway. And you got a guy right now who's getting the reps in the regular season that you get the chemistry built with the quarterback and therefore he can trust you in the playoffs, right? Yeah, I didn't trust him anyway. You mean either? I really think because I'm like, I just, it's just too soon. To put it like this. I was talking to some agents, and they were saying it's just too soon for him to even be talking about coming back. He should wait until March where you know he could have a bidding war with some teams in the first first week. Well, so, you would like, Chris, if you're going to sign a guy and he wanted a long-term deal, right. right? Yeah, You would like to at least let him work out for you, and he wasn't going to work out. Yep. And if you're not working out, I can't promise you anything. Exactly. Hey, Mick, greatness as usual. Appreciate right. it, buddy. Good to be with you guys. Happy Boxing Day, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I heard that, and I was, thought we were going to talk about, like, fighters. <laughs> it was in a box. Yep, in a box. That's what they do over there in England. Appreciate it, man. I'll All talk right, to you tomorrow. You I'll see you out there at the, at the start tomorrow. Sounds good. All right, that's Mickey Spagnola, our Cowboys insider, DallasCowboys.com. Coming up next, we go inside the statue ceremony, the Dirk statue and the big win over the LeBron and the Lakers. We'll hear from LeBron, Dirk, and Luca next on 105.3 The Fan. Thanks, Justin. Justin Honore in the pimp cup with those ones and twos holding those gators down. Chris Arnold, Joey Erickson, live and local for all the Tolos. That's right. We got you down. Live and local, 877-881-1053. Following us in with the G-Bag Nation, it's Will Chambers. I should say in with one part of the G-Bag Nation because he'll be in with Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus as we continue to give you all of the close-up facts and sports locally as opposed to nationally. Yeah, you might check the dials on the commercial break, but you're not going to be happy. I'm just saying, 877-881-1053. We can't thank the Tolos enough for riding shotgun with us while you do whatever you do on a day like today, which is the day after Christmas. Joey, Mavericks mm-hmm. won yesterday. Yeah. In fact, it completed a weekend of great sports teams locally winning. We're talking about the local teams. We're talking about the pro teams. The Stars won on Friday. The mm-hmm. Cowboys won on Saturday. And yesterday, they started slow, but the Dallas Mavericks won their 18th game of the season. They're 18 to 16 now, beating the Lakers on Christmas Day, 124 to 115. Let me tell you something. Before we go into the stats of this game, mm-hmm. and we talk about the Dirk statue a little bit later in the segment, got to tell you something. I had to be at the American Airlines Center by 9.45 yesterday morning. The game was at 1.30. We had the ceremony at 11 o'clock. And usually when I get there, I usually get there early anyway, but the players arrive and they park underground in the players' parking lot. And the players show up and, man, it, was, it must, must be nice to be a professional player, but you got all kinds of pimped out rides. I'm just saying. <laughs> 
that parking lot, if you dropped a bomb, millions of dollars worth of vehicles would be exploded all over the place. Lucas got a, a Lamborghini normally. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, he shows up in a classic Camaro. He steps out wearing rodeo cowboy gear. Got the cowboy hat on and cowboy everything. Cowboy hat, black cowboy hat. He had the Wranglers. He had the boots. And he talked about it at the press conference. Because he's a Texan. Did you see the backstory to that? Go ahead. Yeah, dude, perfect. When he filmed with them a couple mm-hmm. weeks back, gave when they were interviewing him, interviewing him, said on Christmas Day after the Lakers game in your post game interview, you need to say. Horny toad. Ah. So he was just fulfilling a bet that he made. Yeah, the dude, perfect. Uh, put something out on Twitter. They they talked to him about saying that, and they made him wear the cowboy hat and everything. It was a it was a whole ordeal. That's and, great. And, and, and yeah, and he pulled through. So shout out Luca for that and his horny toad. That's excellent. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, we mm. had a uh, a dude, perfect dude, working for us at this station, mm-hmm. doing some production work, and then. Dude Perfect took off, and they started traveling all over the world, and he had to say, see you guys later. I'm now a Dude Perfect dude. Yeah. So congratulations, Dude mm. Perfect, for pulling that thing off with Luca. <laughs> yeah, Luca represented very well. Luca scored 32 points. Christian Wood had 30 points. They become the second and third Dallas Mavericks to score over 30 points on Christmas Day. Mavericks winning for Christmas Day for the first time ever. First time, i sorry, since 2008. Wow. Since 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dirk, of course, the other Mavericks scoring over 30 points in that game. Uh, LeBron James, I scored everybody. He had 38 points. His birthday's coming up in a few days. He will be 38 years old. Still doing and the high the level. First, yes, and in the <laughs> first half, it was all LeBron mm-hmm. because all we could put on him was Tim Hardaway Jr. And he lit him up. But guess what? It was Tim Hardaway Jr.'s revenge in the second half. Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, he scores 26 points, most of them three-pointers. And again, the Mavericks with the victory. The Lakers are now 13-20. and 20. LeBron James needs more help, but that ain't even the point. They tried to stop Luka in the first half, which they did. They were putting all kinds of zone defenses, man-on-man defense. They had Pep Beverly pestering him. Pep Bev was, they were jawing back and forth out of love because they were mm-hmm. laughing at each other. At one point, the referees thought they were going to call some technicals, and they started telling the referees, we got this, man. We're just having some fun. Well, let me tell you something. It was a fun game all the way around for all the Maverick fans because they got a twofer. First, they got the Dirk statue. And then get the Maverick victory, and everybody everybody went home happy. The entire Mavericks team was out there. This was on the AT&T Plaza. They had a big curtain. Now, I was out there right by the foot of the statue in the sun because I was like, if it's, if it's cold, I swear to God, I can't stay. I'm, I'm not like you, Joey. I'm not used to these elements. <laughs> mm-hmm. Joey went to college up in Minnesota, so he's used to these elements by now. I'm like, no, 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 ain't worth it all that. But it, I was in the sun. So I was right behind the statue. And Dirk made a little speech. Mark Followell did a great job hosting it. Like I said, the Jason Kidd spoke. Michael Finley was there. Dirk's wife and kids were there. And his son, Max, not Maxie. Isn't that something? Maxie Kleber's from Würzburg, Germany, too. But he didn't mm. name his son after Max. He just named Max. <laughs> Max must be a common name. Holger mm. was there. And Mark Cuban announced the countdown. We're going to start with three. Three, two. Dirk 
sun push the button push the thing down and the curtain went up and everybody was holding their breath because everybody was terrified it would be three <laughs> basketballs like the little statue they had at his retirement jersey ceremony. Oh, it was like oh, God. no <laughs> yes this one basketball it was the perfect you only needed statue. one mm-hmm. you only needed one it's it beautiful. was the perfect statue the statue was absolutely amazing and dirk actually came up with the inscription on the side of yeah. it and he explained how he came up with the words on the side hope luca can break it i mean that will be uh well, actually, that will be cool he's got a long way to- that's Dirk talking about he's hoping that Luca can break his record of being with one team in the NBA for 21 years. Dirk also mentioned that the words on the side, does he go on and talk about this? Okay, let it go ahead and go ahead and play, Justin. To go, uh, but yeah, you never know. You know, it's, uh, I always say everybody has to find their own path and, and what's best for them and their family. Um, for me, it was just this path to stay with one team. I had so much loyalty from, obviously, the community and Mark. And uh, for me, this was the way to go. Uh, but I also understand that the times are different now. And and, and guys are moving around a little bit more. Uh, but just, uh, you know, it's whatever fits your journey, whatever uh, fits, fits your personality. And so we'll see, you know. You always think you've seen it all, you know. And uh, you know, when Kevin Durant came, you're like, "Oh my God, there's a seven-footer now playing a two-guard." Now you have a seven-four guy coming to the league next year. Was was jacking up threes and shooting runners from threes. I mean, there's always something else, something better coming down the line, you know. Uh, so we we gotta appreciate that, and the game never never stops. It keeps evolving, and uh, and so I'm sure at some point that record will be broken as well. We'll just uh, wait and see. The record he's talking about is playing 21 years mm. with one team. There's a lot of people. Oh, Luca's gonna leave. <laughs> Dirk wrote on. He came up with the words that's on the side of that statue, and you can see that statue, the AT&T Plaza, right at the foot of the steps, right outside of Navisky Way. And the words say, "Loyalty will never fade away." And if you count the letters of that statement, they add up to 21. Mm which is the number of years that he played for the Dallas Mavericks, which is an NBA record. And what he was referring to was someone asked, does he think Luka could break his record? Because mm-hmm. it's like, we want Luka to stay here 21 years. Luka, by the way, was asked that after the game, and he said, man, I don't think so. Not that he's going to leave to another team. He said, nah, I want to go back to my farm in Slovenia. <laughs> a long time. <laughs> he's playing basketball. See, Luka, yeah. looked at, Luka ain't trying to leave the Dallas Mavericks. He ain't even thinking yeah. about that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a good question too. Like, you know, which guys in the NBA do you think could break that? With the amount of money these guys can make nowadays in the contracts, uh, like Giannis would be somebody I maybe throw out there. Mm-hmm. Seems like he loves Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and, and he doesn't seem like a guy that needs to go team up with anybody, right? Uh, but it would be awesome if Luca could do that. But yeah, it, it, well, with him too, can can he stay healthy? It, it takes a lot of fortune to play right. 21 seasons in general. Exactly. And not even with one team, you got to stay healthy. And with the amount of load he's carrying right now, uh, he oh, can't yeah. sustain that for you know no, the no, next no. nine years usage, and expect him to play. Yeah, the that, usage yeah. right now he can't mm-hmm. he can't do that. So that's why I got to find a second guy that handle the ball. Mm-hmm. But speaking about a guy playing in the league a long time, I mentioned this earlier. LeBron James will be 38 in a couple of days. LeBron James has been playing 20 years in the NBA. Now, different teams and won championships in Miami and Cleveland and the Lakers. He's gone up against Dirk. He's gone up against Luka. He is Luka's hero. By the way, uh, 
Luca ain't about to get stolen away and go to the Lakers. Uh, Le- LeBron's sticking around for Bronny, his son, to play. Yeah. He wants to do a father-son thing. And he keeps creating his own legacy in a different way, you know. And, and Dirk was asked about LeBron, and Dirk was saying, you know, I've always said that MJ, Michael Jordan, is the best. But the way LeBron's going, and if he gets the scoring record too, he said, I don't know. It might be a tough. He was, he was basically yeah. saying that LeBron is getting up there with his own kind of legacy. Now, you know they had to ask LeBron what did he think about Dirk because Dirk's first championship was against LeBron, Chris Bosh, and D-Wade. Before the unveilment of what the statue would look like, I already knew what the statue was going to look like. It had to be a fadeaway one leg. It had to be. No question about it. Dirk is a he's a legend. He's an icon. Um, I think he's the greatest international player ever. I'll put him right there with, with Manu. Um, but it, what he brought um, here, what he brought to the city, um, that boy was cold, man. Dirk was cold. He was he revolutionized with like a stretch four, um, big look like you know to put the ball on the ground, uh, uh, finish above the rim um, in his earlier years, and then just mastering that in between game as his game got. Um, you know, a couple years down the line, and then he started taking it out to the three-point line. You couldn't put a small on him because he was too big. You really couldn't put a slow big on him because he was too quick with his first step early on. And you could never block his shot because it was just – he shot it behind his head kind of like Larry Bird-esque. Uh, so, Dirk, uh, you talk about, like, top power fours, top players of all time at that position, he, he's right up there with, like, Barkley and Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett, Kevin McHale, those guys – they tough. Dirk. See, you have to have yeah. an old head put it in perspective for you. You can tell <laughs> he studied Dirk. In fact, this is how you know Dirk is such a legend. Dirk Nowitzki, that fadeaway, that one-legged fadeaway, mm-hmm. other players have added that to their arsenal. Yeah, the iterations of it. Yes. Look, LeBron does it. Kevin Durant does it. Luka does it. Well, well, remember, too, you know, back in that 2011 run when they took on OKC, you mm-hmm. saw Kevin Durant was yeah. using it to, that's to what his I'm ability, saying. too. Like, I mean, that's like in his prime, too. Right. And the it, other it's part, crazy. Part, mm-hmm. Other part of his legacy, you bring up 2011. No one will ever be able to do this anymore because different guys team up nowadays. And he was the last guy in his prime that was a superstar, a one superstar team. You had Jay yeah. Kidd, who's in the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. You had uh, Sean Marion, who could go to the Hall of Fame. You had Chandler Tyson Chandler, who wound up being the Defensive Player of the Year the next year with the Knicks. These guys were all Jet Terry, all great players, all in their 30s. Well, JT and, was coming off the bench. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but here's mm-hmm. the deal. And J.J. Mm-hmm. Barea, here's the deal about that team, though. They didn't take any shortcuts. They went through six MVPs that year. They beat Portland. Portland was great mm-hmm. that year. Then they beat Kobe. They swept them, right? They swept. Yeah. Phil Jackson never coached again in the NBA after that. <laughs> and they swept. That was the yeah. two-time defending champion. It wasn't old Kobe. It was they're trying to do a Kyle three-peat. Gasol. Yes. <laughs> but Kobe was yep. an MVP. Then you go to then you go to the then you go to Oklahoma City Thunder. You had James Harden. Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, all of them wound up, wound up being MVPs. They knocked them out in five. Then you go to the Miami Heat, and you had Dwayne Wade, who was the finals mm-hmm. MVP and had a ring. You had LeBron and the Chris Bosh. Again, they went through the gauntlet, the gauntlet, yeah, and they won it. And that's why Dirk is revered. That's why he's beloved. 
And believe it or not, for those who have a fear of Luca leaving, Luca loves Dirk. Dirk's one of his best friends. They talk all the time. He goes over to Dirk's house all the time. He wants to be like Dirk too. In other words, he wants to be beloved. It's one thing to be a champion. Luca's been a champion in Europe. He wants to be an NBA champion, but he wants to be beloved. Everywhere Dirk went, his final year, and Luca was a rookie that year, he saw people showing the love. Luca wants that too. He can get that here with the Mavericks. Coming up next, we'll talk about the Dallas Cowboys. We'll go around the NFL. Tell you about the Cowboy, the former Cowboy starter last year, tore up ligaments in his knee. Talk about that next on 105.3 The Pan.